Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Turned over to Lavelle. Lavelle, end line, bounces high, shot is in! Sizing this off to Bina! Oh my goodness! Danger in front. Sinclair got it away. It's brief. Sanchez! Oh, what a goal! All the stars are out tonight! Like Papa Gums. Welcome back. Well, only three match days remain in the NWSL regular season. Here is a look at the weekend fixtures we have to look forward to. Three matches tomorrow. The Washington Spirit will take on KC Current at 7 p.m. Eastern. Chicago Red Stars will face Racing Louisville. And the Portland Thorns will take on San Diego Wave. All of those games you can watch on the Galazzo Network. And then on Sunday, Gotham FC versus Houston Dash. OL Reign will take on NC Courage. And then Monday, Angel City will host Orlando Pride. You can watch that match on CBS Sports Network. And it is tight at the table. Only seven points Crazy. separating fourth through 12. So madness. Literally every game this weekend has playoff implications, mm-hmm. which is so wild to look at. But it's it's incredibly tight. Jordan, we've, we've talked about this and how this season has just been. There hasn't been a team that sort of established themselves as the front runner or one that's about to run away with it. Um, just kind of on, in a broad stroke yeah. way, what do you attribute that to? I think there is good depth in the league. The thing I I attribute it to is this league has now been, it's in its 11th year. And so when that happens, players stay longer and they get better. And then when you have expansion teams, these players who were maybe playing not significant minutes at a club can now be a really key player in a new club. So the, the talent is more spread out. But players, you know, when I played, the leagues were folding every three years. So mm-hmm. players then just retired. We're not seeing that. We're seeing players get 200 appearances in NWSL. The, the depth of some of the talent is now on display. But with that, too, I think it's spread a little bit more all over the country. It, it, what's surprising to me is there's been big matchups, like the San Diego-Portland matchup mm-hmm. this weekend. These are the two best teams on the ta- in the table right now, and they want to stay there. But none, neither one or none of the best four teams, I think, have really established themselves as I, we are the best team in the league, which is surprising because that usually finds its way by now. Um, Do you think the Women's World Cup being in the middle of the season and the Challenge Cup, you have these multiple competitions now that doesn't exist well, I guess with yeah. the Women's World Cup, could just throw off the rhythm of a team establishing themselves. It does throw off the rhythm because that first game back from the World Cup, teams were trying to incorporate players, and it just felt like, 
ooh, this didn't feel like right before the World Cup. Um, but with that, you also get experience for players that you wouldn't have mm -hmm. normally. And I think Laura Harvey is an example, brought in a lot, has a really de deep team and played those teams all through that team all through Challenge Cup. So um, they now have more experience. It, it's been so interesting. These games where you think, oh, San Diego's first in the table, Kansas City's last, San Diego's for sure winning. Nope, Kansas City on the road beat San Diego. Like that's what's been happening in NWSL. So it is madness. NWSL chaos is upon us. And this table is not going to look like that in maybe at the end of this weekend, but for sure not at the end of um, three games. The league, the league seems drunk. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Yeah. What's crazy to me is that the Chicago Red Stars are in 12th. They're last. They win their last three games. They're on 30 points and probably make the playoffs. That's nuts. That's also awesome. I, wa I want to hang out with the NWSL, especially at night after dark. Yeah. They're having a lot the of fun. NWSL <laughs> after dark. Let's Wild. go. Even a team yeah. like Angel City that did, they, they didn't win any of their first eight games. They they sack they, they sacked their manager and all of a sudden they're on form right now. They've six wins and five draws in their last eleven. They're right in, on the in eleven. Yeah. It's wild. And they're a point out of the playoffs. Right, a, a point out of the playoffs after where they started. Oh, they're making I, it. Yeah, guaranteed. Who's, who's who? Angel City. Angel City's making playoffs. Angel City's they're making a tough playoffs. Tough one against Orlando though. Said it Orlando's playing, making the. I think Orlando and Angel City are making the playoffs. That's I don't a think bold OL, show. I don't think OL Reigns making so, the playoffs. So uh, what is up with? With LL Rain because they only have one win in their last four games, or they, it's just not been. It's not come together, and I feel like since the World Cup, it's been so poor for them. It has been. I think they're one. There's pressure on this team to perform this year because they're Megan Rapino. It's her last year, and I think that there's this heightened sense of we have to do this for her to this team, and it, it seems like they're not handling that pressure very well. Um, Roosevelt has been really unable to play through the majority of the season, but I think with O.L. Reign, the thing that I notice the most is teams know what to expect. Every time you play mm -hmm. O.L. Reign, you know that they are going to play in this system. They're going to push uh, Sofia Huerta high. They're going to play out of a three-back. Um, Emily Sonnet has now been a really good six for them, but going forward, it's Heidema hasn't had the year that she has needed to have. Balser hasn't had the year. She's been in and out with some injuries. Um, they've relied on a lot of different players, but there hasn't been one that has been like, this has been our combination and this is how we're going to go. They Teams feel know predictable. They, they are feel very predictable. predictable. And the last two games show it. They haven't scored in the last two games. And if they don't score in this upcoming game this mm -hmm. weekend, It'll be the first time they have been held scoreless in three straight games since 2013. Yeah. Whoa! Which really kind of speaks to yeah. how much success they've had in the past. Jordan, is there a concern, though? Because Laura Harvey is one of the sort of people's favorites for the U.S. Women's National Team manager position. If we're saying that O.L. Reign are predictable and they're not on good form, is this harming like candidacy Blanco. for that Great role? Great question, yeah. Sorry, Yeah, was... I, I think that that is... If I were hiring the head coach of the national team, I would look at what happened last. And success in NWSL does not mean success with the U.S. Women's National Team. And, and I love Lacko and I love Laura Harvey, but I don't think that that is the next answer for, for the U.S. team. And so I do think those are things that are um, going through their mind. And they're also playing North Carolina, who plays the best football in NWSL. They want the ball. They will have it for 65 70% of the game. And they'll also just cut you, de death by a thousand passes with beautiful goals. Manaka, O'Sullivan, Narumi, this is a great midfield. I, I think they're putting on a show in Seattle this wow. week. That, that sounds That's like the kind of manager I want for the U.S. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, almost, I almost mentioned Sean Nahas the other day. I think Do eventually it, he there. will be uh, the, the coach of this women's national team. Wow. You heard it here I don't first. think it will be this, this next round, but 
he'll be in there. I love it, Jordan yeah. Angeli. All right, you can watch all those NWSL matches on Paramount+. Plus. All right, um, guys, we're going to take a break. We did that awesome preview of uh, KC and St. Louis. Well, we have a St. Louis player yes. joining yes. us yes. on the Let's other go. side. Edward Lewin is going to join us is here on Morning Footy. Moving. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Welcome back to Morning Footy presented by Ford. Well, it has been a dream inaugural MLS season for St. Louis City. They are first in the Western Conference with 53 points. They have already clinched a berth to the 2023 MLS Cup playoffs. And they had that record-setting start to the season where they won their first five matches. Um, they have been so much fun to watch. One of the best stories of the league so far. And right now, we are absolutely to del delighted to bring in midfielder Edward Leuven of St. Louis City FC. Come on, Edward, Edward. let's give it up for Edward. Thank you got to give it up, got to give it up. Edward. He got, right. he got up early for okay, us. Okay, he did. He got up early for us, and we appreciate it. And I, I just want to ask right off the bat, if I had told you at the start of the season, this is the first season in Major League Soccer for St. Louis City, that at this point, with basically four weeks left, you would be sitting in, in first place in the Western Conference, very likely to be hosting some playoff games. What would you have said? Yeah, honestly, everybody asked that question. And I got to be honest, I would have never thought that, not even close. Um, for me, I was thinking in the beginning, yeah, hopefully we'll make the playoffs. You know, I wanted to go step by step. And that's how we approached the season in the beginning. Um, yeah, so it's, it's for sure a little bit surprising when I look back to the start. But, um, you know, after a while where we were just playing very well, we had a great team atmosphere, we were winning a lot of games. And then, of, of course, uh, our, um, our goals have, have changed. And then we were focusing every time, like step by step, you know, as, as soon as we were sure we are making the playoffs, then we wanted to focus on um, having the first spot uh, in the conference. And so... We are trying to go step by step and uh, trying to, to be humble instead of, um, yeah, uh, talk too much. And uh, we want to have more, more actions than talking. Now, Edward, Jimmy Conrad here. I played for Kansas City for eight years, so I'm obligated to not like you. I just want to get that out in front of that. <laughs> but uh, I do want to state that do you feel like the season has changed for your team as the opponents and other teams have started to figure out what has given your team success? Because it's one thing when you're unknown, everything's fresh and new and everything's exciting. You're winning a lot of games. But as the season progresses, I think it could get a little bit more difficult and getting into the playoffs as well where teams are going to figure out how to slow you down. 
Yeah, I agree. That's a good question. I mean, in the beginning of the season, uh, after we won five games in a row, uh, the first five games, we played Minnesota at home. And it seemed already that they are trying to do that. Um, I mean, they gave us the ball the whole time. We were um, we were having the ball in their, their half. They were defending a lot. Uh, in the end, we, we lost the game, unfortunately. So I think that was already pretty early in the season that uh, the other teams saw uh, the, the style we play, the way we are playing. But uh, that didn't keep us from winning. So I think um, in the end of the day, we still have a lot of qualities and you know to to execute uh the way we play the style we play even uh yeah 10 months in the season now so i think that doesn't matter for us in the end of the day it's the style we play that, that we keep on playing that and keep on doing that uh, how we just did it and i think then we will have great chances in the playoffs edward when you look at this season we talked about the surprise element of it. We talked about how incredible it is. You guys are top of the Western Conference. Is there one thing above all else? Is there a moment in the season in which you guys recognize that this season was going to be special? What is it about this team that has come together so spectacularly? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to give a lot of credit to, to Lutz, uh, who was building the team. You got to give a lot of credit to... Um, to the owners as well, uh, who bought into this project, who are not only owners of the team, but who are really die-hard fans. They're always in the locker rooms uh, after um, after all wins, you know, uh, in the in the home games. So I think there's a lot to it. I think uh, we have to give a lot of credit to the fans. Uh, the fans are supporting us in a way that is just incredible. Uh, I haven't experienced something like that before in the in the past, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I think there, there are a lot of things to it. Um, we we just have a a great um, great team, you know. Not not only the players, but around the team, all the staff members, uh, the the coaches. So um, yeah, I think that's what makes St. Louis special. You you can tell the whole city is just behind us, and um, I don't know, we, we all are just enjoying it, being an expansion team and being new to, to, to everything, you know. Um, and I would say, like, winning the first five games was incredible. Um, it felt like after we lost the sixth game, we were like, uh, everybody was so, like, for a week, the atmosphere was so bad. And I was like, we have 15 points after after six games, but we weren't used to, to losing, you know. Um, and I think it was also this this hunger in this team to always win again and again, you know. And um, yeah, that's what, what I would say. So, Edward, I've been there for a U.S. soccer game, but I have not been to see a city game. And the atmosphere at the stadium, I'm glad you mentioned that. It looks top-notch. And you said it was. You're a guy from Germany, so you know what atmosphere is like in a stadium. But I want to know from you. We've seen players come into MLS year after year, and it, sometimes it takes some time to adjust. But you have hit the ground running, six goals, 11 assists. How did that transition go from you? And how, do you, how have you been impressed? Or maybe um, what are your thoughts of this league? Yeah, honestly, the, the league has improved a lot. And um, I was even like a couple of years ago, the MLS was or, always very attractive to me. And there was always a dream of mine to come here. I honestly wouldn't have expected to, to come with 25. But I think that says a lot about the league, um, how attractive 
it uh, has been and now is becoming even more and more. And then I would say um, regarding the fans, I mean, in Germany, yeah, you said it, the atmosphere in Germany is great, the fans are great, the stadiums are usually always full and it's very loud. Um, but the crowd here is different. It's, it's really different. Like, um, I would say they are more positive and um, I don't know, they're enjoying themselves a little bit more in the stadiums, <laughs> I would say, which is good. Um, but I don't know, this, this stadium here, this atmosphere is really something special I haven't seen um, nowhere else. Uh, also, not, not in this league, to be honest. Um, and I think that says a lot why we are also winning a lot of games at home and why we are so good at home. And yeah, my performances, um, as I always say, um, I give all glory to God. I mean, I, I worked so hard, you know, to, to perform every single game very well. But in the end of the day, you never know. You go to a different country, very far away from your family and everything. Uh, came here with my wife and my, my big cat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so um, I think the, the adjustment has been, has been so good. We, we met a lot of great people here in the club, uh, found a great church. And I think these are all a lot of good things to have in, in a foreign country away from your family and friends uh, to adjust very well. And yeah, I'm just very thankful uh, that the season has been so good. All right, so Edward, this is not really a question, more of a favor. St. Louis has already made the playoffs. My Kansas City hasn't. So if you guys could just kind of roll over and allow us to get the three points, we'd really appreciate that this weekend. Yeah, no chance. I mean, he's not allowed on the show anymore. He's out. He's out. All right, Edward, hold on. Yeah. Big cat. What yeah. kind of cat are we talking about? Can we see it? You like a tiger, right? Um. I would have to grab him. Uh, it's a British short hair. Oh, they're uh, so pretty. I love cats. Yeah, he's very pretty. He's, he's very fat. <laughs> What's his name? Know, but, uh, Valik. Valik. All right. Next time you come on, can we get a Valik cameo, please? <laughs> like Dr. Yeah. Evil just pet. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they're clearly going to be in the playoffs, so I have a feeling we'll be talking to Edward again. Um, right. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Congratulations on an awesome season so far, and best of luck the rest of the way. Well, after this weekend. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Thank See you, Edward. All right, guys, we're going to take another break. Um, we are going to be looking around the rest of Europe at some of the matches this weekend when we return. Stick around. We'll be right back. Morning Footy presented by Ford. We have a weekend of Serie A to look forward to on Saturday morning. Lecce will face Napoli at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can watch that right here on the Galazzo Network. Chris Whittingham on the call for AC Milan versus Lazio at 12 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. We've got Atalanta versus Juventus. And Roma will take on Frosinone at 2.45 p.m. Eastern. Is that so your favorite one to say? I love Frosinone. And it also... It, it sounds like a dessert. I've said this the whole time. Like it yeah. makes yeah. it, it sounds like like, a, like some sort of delicious frozen <laughs> dessert that I would eat on a hot day in Italy, and, maybe and on the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> I don't know. But this is where I go mentally they, when they I say that up. word. They could stay up. They got a draw yesterday. They've got nine points so Rossino, far. They're man. trying to stay up for the first time How in their club history. How fun is it to say? It's, it's the best. It's the best. Okay, Rossino so uh, let's let's talk about Roma. It is not 
been good for them, guys. A 4-1 loss yesterday to Genoa. Let's get into the highlights, picking it up in the fifth minute here. And Genoa scored some absolutely brilliant goals, Jimmy. We were watching some of them in the in the pre-show, and this first one's great. But Jimmy Conrad, this second goal from start to finish is superb. Yeah, I mean we're not even doing it justice. The finish there by Rete Gui is is ridiculous, but it was a sequence of events there. Six yeah. or seven passes. Yeah, that were just gorgeous. ridiculous and, and well deserved. And honestly, stunning that going down the end, Genoa just putting Roma to the sword, taking advantage of every chance they got. First time finish on the back post from Junior Messias. 4-1 winners That's his debut for the club as well. He just yeah. came on as a sub. He like barely had any touches before yeah, that. Yeah, and then scores that. Um, Must I'd, be nice. I'd just like to say I was the only person yesterday on this desk. Aaron West said it was going to be a chaotic game. It could very well easily go chaos. And I picked the winner. Wow. Oh. Wow. The glow from the, the Venezia jersey <laughs> yeah. has gotten brighter somehow. It has. Congratulations. I love Thank that. Thank you. When do I get my award? I don't know if we have an award for that. I mean, for, for a correct should, prediction. Though. We should. Because I feel the same. I'm, it's Well, it's more because I usually typically get them so terribly wrong. So when, so when I do get yeah. them right, it's like, right. you need to acknowledge this. Way. This is a big moment. Well, wait, we should go back to you. Why did you feel that way? I just, what, I, what is it about Roma that made you think they're going to stink it up? Because the, the, they stunk it up. They, they were terrible. They I don't know terrible. if there's anything else to describe it as that. It just feels um, lackluster. It, it, like discombobulated a little bit between their lines. There's there's not much of a team feeling within this group right now. And it felt like it was ripe for the picking. And that's exactly right. what we saw. Fair play to you. And honestly, it's so wild to me that Roma, it honestly felt like when they beat Empoli 7-0 that they were going to be, all right, here we go. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm, they signed mm -hmm. Romelu Lukaku. He scores in the game. He, scored, he was good in a previous cameo in a previous game. He's starting to bring this Roma team up. And then all of a sudden, they have completely fallen off. It's a terrible start for them. And now all the tropes about third season Jose Mourinho begin. Yeah. We've seen this at stop after stop after stop after stop. Third season, you get about two good years, you get to a European two, final. It's two a European pattern. finals. Right. Back it's a back. pattern. I, right. I liked when Claudia was doing the headlines and she said that Mourinho said, talking, and then he was like, it's the worst start to my career. Which is something that he which, says, right? It's just, it, it does pivot back to him, which I think sometimes is what he wants it to be about him. But it feels like in this instance, oh, not the right thing to be saying, at least out loud. Well, and he's always, he's always going to mention. Be protecting his players. Which though, he does so sure, much yeah, with yeah. the media. But he, he also does. will mention the fact, oh, th there is no market. There are, new, there, are, there are new no players. There aren't anybody else to come in. It's got to be us who figures. He's complained for about a year and a half now that they haven't added enough. Just a year even and a half. As they I always add, feel like he's complaining. Right, right. There, there is always, part we need charm. more players. We need more <laughs> players. Even though the first year that I came in, we almost got into fa financial fair play trouble because we spent so much on players. It's always about what more can I get? What, what? How can we take steps forward? He says, we don't have enough. We, we haven't strengthened enough in the transfer market. And so the, the excuses, this is when it all starts to unravel. And after every negative result, it's what is the latest thing mm -hmm. that provides all of our ills. So I am curious if they can get a result this weekend and kind of to stabilize things a little bit. Because I do think that Romelu Lukaku is a brilliant signing for them. Yeah. He should be able to elevate the level and provide the cover while Tammy Abraham is away. Then all of a sudden you can get Lukaku and Abraham playing together in the second half of the season when he comes back fit. Do you think they get a win this weekend? Uh, well, what I'll say is this. I think a hallmark of a, of a team or what you're going to find out about a team is how they suffer. 
and, and how they respond to suffering and can they deal with adversity. So I think Roma are finding that out very yeah. early, what kind of team they're going to be and how they're going to work through this season. I think they're going to fight their way back in. I don't really see a top four finish for them, given how mm. it feels at the moment. But I could see top six once they get it together. Yeah. All right, Roma Frostenone. Just wanted to say it again. Sunday, <laughs> 2.45 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's turn our attention to... The Bundesliga. Fußball. <laughs> Wie geht's? Alles gut. Fußball. Here's a look at the weekend fixtures. Hoffenheim will face Dortmund today at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Mainz will take on Mainz. Leverkusen. Mainz. 9.30 a.m. Uh, we've got Wolfsburg, Frankfurt. This is going to be fun tomorrow. RB Leipzig taking on Bayern Munich at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch all these matches on ESPN+. Plus. All right, let's chat that Leipzig-Bayern match because these are uh, two very good teams in the Bundesliga right now. Leipzig, we're off to a great start, scoring a lot of goals. But Bayern suddenly scoring a lot of goals, too. And Harry Kane has been sensational. It has been yeah. one of those moves that... I, I don't know that I was super confident about it when it happened. I was like, well, this is going to be interesting. And it's just, it's seemingly been a, a, a really yeah. smooth transition it, for him because he's scoring goals was exactly what they needed him to do. Yeah, but what, what goal scorer can you put in that position that doesn't score goals? With, with Bayern Munich, you know, when you have all these players around you who can feed you the ball, the system that they play, which is just beautiful football, interchanging of lines, uh, finding the space, occupying, dragging players around. I think that's exactly what Kane flourished in. And I, I would say there's a lot of forwards that you could put in that system who would do really well. But yeah, I mean, great, great addition with Kane. And he is. Well, speaking of Harry Kane, yeah, I mean, I think Bayern Munich, once they lost Robert Lewandowski to Barcelona, they were looking for someone to fill that mold. I think Eric Chupamotin is a good player to come off the bench, but maybe not one you rely on game in and game out. And Harry Kane comes in and obviously has an incredible yeah. goal scoring record. But what I think is interesting in this particular matchup is a 23-year-old defender for RB Leipzig, Mohamed Simakan, who is a French international, and France is just littered with world-class talent at all age groups. But he's been fantastic for RB Leipzig. They have the best defense, or the second best defense, in the Bundesliga. And he's been so good in the last four or five games. Him versus Harry Kane is going to be a tremendous matchup. So if you were going to spend some time watching this game, watch out for those two players. I remember the last time that Bayern Munich did not look like themselves. It was against RB Leipzig yeah. in the Super Cup when they got absolutely smashed in that game. And not only that, it was sort of Harry Kane had just stepped off the plane. Mm -hmm. He was going to step off the plane from Tottenham. He hadn't won anything for Tottenham. And obviously he's going to step into this Bayern team. He's going to win a trophy in his first day in Germany. <laughs> and then it was, oh my God, this is a disaster. Is it going to be a disaster here? Yeah. It has not proven to be. I'll be curious how much growth there has been in the Bayern team from that day to now. Leipzig is a good test for them. Yeah, it is. And I feel like it's going to be not like the Champions League game when they played United and, and Bayern gave up all these goals. But this is going to be a goal-scoring game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 2-2, two to two, um, the amount of goals that both these teams can You're have. on fire with your predictions. Hold on. What, yeah. what was Let's that? Go right I, I'm gonna... Jimmy, write this down. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two to two. Both teams to score Do and a draw. Person? Does Harry Kane score in this game? Yes. Wow. wow. Add, add that to the parlay. Okay. Yes. Anytime goal You're scorer, welcome. Harry Kane. Everybody. <laughs> Amazing. Um, all right, guys, here's a look at some other notable European fixtures we have to look forward to this weekend, including Motherwell taking on Celtic at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And we are having Alistair Johnson yes. join us after the break ahead of this game. We'll be right back. Hugo, lovely 
Santos. Celtic have breathing space. Riley's header suddenly gives Kyogel a chance! Fabulous finish! His old firm scoring spree continues! Well, it has been a fantastic start to this season for Celtic in their bid for yet another title, unbeaten in their first six matches. And right now we are absolutely thrilled to bring in one of the players, Alistair Johnson. <laughs> Alistair, good morning. Alistair. It's good afternoon there, but it's morning it here. So thank you. <laughs> good morning to you guys. Thank you for, morning, for joining us. Um, a great start to the season for this Celtic team. What are, what are the vibes right now? How are y'all feeling? No, we're feeling really good. Look, um, there's quite a bit of change this summer, as you guys probably know. Um, but at the same time, whenever there's a bit of change, it's a good opportunity as well for, for a lot of people to step up and take in, you know, some new leadership roles. And I think that, you know, this group's really kind of found their feet now. We found our stride. Um, and you can see it with the results as well. So it's an exciting time to be a, a Celtic player, of course. Right now we got the Champions League coming up as well. How We've just started our campaign in that. And obviously the league's now into full flow. So it's an exciting time. Um, and, yeah, the vibes are good. The vibes are really good. So now this is uh, Brendan Rodgers second time around being Celtic manager, but your first time being around him, how has that been being coached by him, especially following Ange Posigoglu, who is obviously uh, getting all his flowers right now as coach of Tottenham? Yeah, no, Brendan's been great. Um, you know, coming in, I'd heard obviously a lot of things. His resume speaks for itself, obviously, what he's won at Celtic, and you see some of the other clubs that he's been at and what he's done at, you know, Liverpool, um, Swansea, Leicester, of course, as well. And, you know, it was someone that, as soon as his name was kind of linked with the job, I think a lot of us were, were really intrigued by that. Um, and no, he's an unbelievably personable guy. And all the stories I'd heard about him from his previous stint here was exactly that. You know, he really takes the time to go out of his way and, and you know, learn the, some of the finer details about guys' personal lives, their footballing lives as well, which, you know, is really important as well. And you can feel that kind of personal touch that he brings. So, no, I've really enjoyed my time so far with him. Um, of course, now when you're winning, everything feels even better. Um, so it's been a really good, it's been a really good start under Brendan. And of course, yeah, it's nice to see that that Ange is getting all of his flowers down at at Tottenham as well because he deserves it. He's a top manager, um, and I've been lucky enough now with my my time here so far. It hasn't been long at Celtic, but I've been lucky enough to work under two 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 very very top managers, which has been nice. Now, uh, I wanted to ask you about Ange, just because things are going so well for him at Tottenham. What was his role in bringing you to Celtic, and what was it like playing for him for a few months? No, he was the one. He, he, he called me up, actually. It was right before the World Cup, and he said that I was a player that you know fit the profile that he wanted, and not only just as a tactical kind of player, but not just the stuff on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. He thought that the kind of the personality and the stuff that he'd heard about me and and you know what I kind of was as a person, as an individual, that it would fit kind of the you know just the player pool that he was trying to create, um, that identity that he was trying to create of young, hungry players who are looking to succeed and take that next step. Um, and again, tactically, he was just so clear with everything that he wanted to do. And I think that Spurs are seeing that right now as well. It's a system that, you know, as a player, it's really enjoyable to be a part of, especially as a defender, because he gives you chances. He gives you, you know, almost 
a longer leash with some things where generally as a defender, you're taught to, you know, play safe, um, don't take any risks. He was one that said, no, take risks back there. Uh, well, I want to play a beautiful uh, brand of football. And, you know, every once in a while you're going to get burned, but at the same time is it's going to work. And if we stick to it, we're going to overpower teams and it's going to turn out really nice. And, you know, we're going to win a lot, uh, win a lot of matches. We're going to score a lot of goals and the, the fans are going to be super excited yeah. uh, watching that kind of football. So I think Spurs are kind of getting that now. Of course, Spurs are a historical club that have historically been known to play that, you know, attacking brand of football. So I think that that's something that, you know, their fan base has been really excited to see. And, you know, just hearing some of the quotes from the players coming out, I can just tell that it's something that was similar to what, you know, our defenders were saying as well, playing in that system. So, no, I'm really happy for them. I think they're going to do really well this year in the Premier League. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to keep following them. What a nice thing as a player to have a little bit of a longer leash, right? To, to be able to explore a little bit more. Alistair, you mentioned um, the expectations at Tottenham, but Celtic, probably one of the clubs within Europe where the, the expectations are high year after year. You come off winning a domestic treble last year. I won. I want to know what that was like, the experience for you to be able to be a part of that. But what it is like playing for this team, game in and game out, knowing what the expectations are from you in that city, uh, within the fan base. And, and also, also dunking on Rangers. How does it feel to dunk on Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'll start with the first part. Um, I came in in January, and it was we already had a lead in the league. Um, we were pretty far into all the cups already, so I honestly didn't play a huge part in it. I just kind of rode the coattails of you know, the squad, this core group um, that kind of took us to the promised land there. But honestly, it was a great start. I was six months into my my Celtic career, and I think, yeah, I'd already done, I'd done a treble. So, uh, you know, I don't think it gets much better than that. Um, but, yeah, you're right about the expectations of winning. This is a club where winning is just kind of – it's just a part of the DNA of the club. Um, and you'll know it. It's hilarious. If you get to the 40th minute and it's still nil-nil and you start passing the ball backwards, you're going to hear it from the crowd. Yeah. There's not many places in the world where you get that kind of pressure week in, week out to not only perform but to win. Um, and that's something I've enjoyed. And it's very different than the MLS in a way where, you know, there's so much parity with the salary cap and you never really know if a team's going to be first place or they're going to be finishing last in the, and, you know, picking up the wooden spoon from year to year. Um, <laughs> here, it's just such a, such a, just a, a demand and expectation. And again, with a city that has such a passionate fan base, you're going to hear about it if you're not living up to standards. Um, and especially when you share the city with your, your biggest rivals. Um, if you drop any points, you know, you don't really want to show your face in the grocery store that next, uh, the next couple of days. So it's kind of funny how that works. And that was something that I needed to learn as well, where, you know, you, you share a city with your rivals versus when I was, you know, in Montreal, our closest rival would be Toronto, which is, you know, a six hour drive. So it's a little bit different in that way. And I've really enjoyed that aspect of it too, but it's a learning process for sure. Now, Alistair, a lot of headlines, obviously, around the Canadian men's national team. John Herdman departs uh, to go and manage Toronto FC, who you just mentioned. Issues off the field with the Federation and not playing any games in recent times. What's sort of your feeling on, on there being a managerial change and what's going on with the Canadian men's national team at the moment? Yeah, look, there's there's been plenty of stuff going on behind the scenes. It's been frustrating, of course, for us as players, um, not just for our men's team, but for our women's team. And, and you know, just that we're in a position right now where we have a chance to really kind of create the change that we feel like we need to see. You know, we finally have, you know, a, a lot of positive uh, momentum behind the men's program, which has been there with the women's program for the past decade. And, you know, both of us, both teams kind of felt this is our chance to, you know, unite and, and really kind of, 
strive and, and enforce Canada soccer to, you know, adapt to the times and move forward and progress because we don't want to be known as a hockey nation um, forever. You know, we have such a such a great backbone of of footballing tradition, soccer tradition in our country. Um, and again, it's something that we want to keep seeing push forward. You know, we're hosting a World Cup. We're co-hosting the World Cup in 2026. There's no reason why we shouldn't be at the forefront of that and pushing like America has been and, you know, how Mexico has been for, you know, a long, long time. So that's something that we saw it as. It's an opportunity that, you know, we can't just do it just for ourselves, but we need to be looking at the future generations of players coming through that this isn't right. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, structural things that need to change from the very top uh, on down and you know we felt that this was an opportunity for us to do it and of course you, we knew that it wasn't going to be smooth sailing we knew that there was going to be things going on um, in terms of you know potentially not being able to play matches um, and different things like that they were going to have to happen and you know what we, we've had to take that on the chin it's been frustrating for all of us it's been frustrating for the fans we completely understand that um, but the same time is in the long run I think this is really going to benefit Canada soccer and then in terms of John moving on, um, I completely understand it. He's done an unbelievable job for this program. You can see where we were when he came in to where we are now. It's it's night and day. Um, and there's no one else that you know deserves that praise more than him. Um, he's done it on both the women's side and the men's side in our Canada soccer program. So we're forever grateful for him. He's a great man. Um, and I'm sure he'll do great things at Toronto. Um, but yeah, no, we have, we've got Mauro uh, Biello who's going to step in as the interim role for now. Um, again, we have plenty of trust and, and respect for Mauro. He's been a part of the staff since I've been here uh, with the national team. So another just really good individual who understands the game at a really high level. So, you know, we're going to go out there trying to put our best foot forward for him and hopefully we can get him the job on a full-time basis um, because he's someone that we believe that can lead us again to that next step. So it's an exciting time again. All right, Alistair, before we let you go, I've got to ask about uh, Champions League because Celtic is back in Champions League. And I just want to know for you what it was like taking the field. You hear that iconic anthem. What was that experience like and what was going through your head? The anthem, it's something that you dream of as a kid. Again, I can just remember rushing home from school every Tuesday and Wednesday in the fall. Um, you know, to get back for that that three o'clock kickoff. So it's just crazy now to be out there and then to hear it. Um, I know some guys have cried when they've heard it, but for me, it just put a huge <laughs> smile on my face. I just another one off the bucket list. Um, so it was amazing like that. The match didn't go exactly as I'd planned. You know, double red card um, going into a a 4 4 uh, formation is never something you want to do. <laughs> we got the first red. And I said, all right, Gaffer, like, what's the plan? And at 4 3 2. And then we got the second one. I had to go back over there. And I was like, what's the formation? He said, yeah, we're going to go the 4 4. I said, oof, that's something you never want to hear. It sounds like an NFL um, formation. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I thought we were playing cover three or something. And I, was like, I don't know what was going on. Um, so, yeah, it was. It was an unbelievable experience, of course. It didn't go exactly how we wanted, but I think at the end of the day, to get out of there, you know, only conceding two when you're down two men at an unbelievable um, stadium that was, great atmosphere. Um, I think that could potentially help us in the long run. Again, it was a lot of our players' first ever time playing the Champions League, myself included. Um, so hearing that anthem, it was, you know, it was a lot to take in. Um, but this week, we're lucky. We got a. Uh, we have Lazio at home, uh, first time playing a home Champions League game at Celtic yeah. Park, and yeah. all I've That'll heard is something. amazing. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be. I'm it'll jealous. Be a really special yeah. experience. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully you never have to go to the four four oil ever again. <laughs> you're you're yeah. you're in Scotland. How's the golf game? The golf game. Um, 
let's just say it's not as good as Europe's looking right now in the Ryder Cup. Um, they're flying right now. Uh, mine's definitely not flying. Um, we got time we're to do that, right? We're, yeah, we're taking some lessons. We're getting there. There's tons of courses everywhere, so it's hard not to get into the golf fever over here. But uh, it's got a long way to go before I'm a scratch golfer. I'll say that. <laughs> well, Alistair, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this Thanks, morning. Alistair. Best of luck Thank this you. weekend against Motherwell and next week against Lazio. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one now. Thanks, Alistair. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you again next week.